Hello, what have we here? Welcome back to Lando's Lounge. We didn't have an episode last week. That was our fault. Like we said a few times now, we are pretty busy, especially me with a bunch of stuff going on in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not that busy, but you are, so. (laughs) You play games all the time. (laughs) Um, So we are back with an episode um as soon as uh as soon as you read the high republic books <laughs> we can talk I, about them i'm sorry i chose a, another non-stars related book to read and it's very long it's a long <laughs> book it's like 800 pages with very small print and it's good but it's not like the most exciting read so i can't like sit down and read 200 pages mm. of it in one sitting like i might with a star wars book so it's a process. I'll try to mm-hmm. grind it, maybe. Yes. Um, in the meantime, uh, the third High Republic book came out. I got that. I'm probably around halfway through that one. Um, and I just bought, like, <laughs> three new Star Wars books. So, um, always on the Star Wars reading grind. But that's not what this episode is about. Uh, so we are just going to jump right into the Ugnaught update because pretty big news that has been brewing for several months. Um, we haven't really talked about it just because it's not a place we felt like we should get into. But now at this point, it is something that maybe we should um, talk a little deeper about. And that is kind of the Gina Carano situation. Um she was officially fired from Lucasfilm. Well, I won't say officially because I don't know if Lucasfilm themselves announced it or um, mm-hmm. whatever it was. But it was a report from somebody else that, um, like, everyone has been talking about. Yeah, so it, it definitely seems like it's um, true, like, that she was fired uh, from Lucasfilm. I think it was, like, a Lucasfilm spokesperson or other employee of some sort said that uh, she's no longer working for Lucasfilm in any capacity. Um, I believe also like her talent agency dropped her as well because of things that she's done and said uh, online. Um, Which like, I, I don't, I don't, like follow her and I didn't really Mm -hmm. follow the drama around it for the several months uh, just because it was drama and like I hate like getting into drama and stuff but um, I know there was a lot of like outcry from like the trans community because she was kind of um, mocking them in a way like uh, I, I think the thing that I do know that happened is a lot of the her co-stars on The Mandalorian um, put, like, their pronouns in their bio. Like, uh, Pedro Pascal put he slash him uh, in his bio. And so a bunch of other actors and uh, people started doing that. And fans noticed that she didn't and kind of questioned, like, if she would or not. And then she ended up putting, like, beep, bop, boop mm-hmm. in her bio, which is uh was taken to be mocking of the movement and then she was like no 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 i just i just don't like when people tell me what to do or 
anything like that. Um, and then there was other things, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I think the most all re- along there's just been. Yeah, like, I think the most things. recent thing um, is she has posted things, retweeted certain things, and said on her Twitter that the whole masking mandate in the United States mm-hmm. is akin to what happened to the Jewish people in World War II. Um, so. That's where the fault uh, mainly is, I imagine, yeah. with her I, and yeah. Lucasfilm. I do remember that, like, a couple things she said was, like, very anti, like, mask, very anti, mm-hmm. um, like, social distancing kind of stuff. Which, while it might not be, like, some egregious, like, political statement, it it is kind of, like, harmful in a pandemic to mm-hmm. kind of... Go against what is being um, yeah. What public said, health officials yeah. say, um, especially as a celebrity yeah. online. Um, so it, it's not a shock that she was fired. I think it's de- it's probably been brewing for a while. Um, a rumor that I had heard or seen online, um, and I say rumor because I only saw it like uh, one place. And I, I wasn't really online a lot today because I was working. So I, I only saw it mentioned like once in passing, basically. Um, but I haven't like looked it up since then. So it might be bigger than just a rumor. But um, I'm just going to say it's a rumor that um, at the Disney announcements, she was supposed to be uh, announced to be headlining like a show, whether that was. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic was supposed to be like her show and they obviously didn't announce that she was starring in anything. Um, the rumor was that they were going to announce that she was starring in something, either Rangers of the New Republic or her own show, but because of what had been happening all throughout uh, the several months that ever, like this has yeah. been building, that they uh, decided to obviously end of their relationship with her. So, um, yeah. Now what's interesting about that, actually, um, I, I've heard a similar rumor and first of all, a lot of the, there's also a significant amount of public outcry and support of her saying that like, uh, it's not really good for people to be hired over just a few things they said, but the way they, yeah. Um, but the way, they made it seem with this rumor is that like they were going to announce her show, but then they're hesitant because of these things she's been saying. And then they like tried to get her to stop and then she just didn't. And so mm. this is maybe a thing that has kind of been happening for a while. And I've heard a similar rumor to what you said, but the way it sounded like was, was that it was like a third. Well, not a third, like a different show mm. than Rangers of the new Republic. I just assumed that Rangers of the New Republic was about Cara Dune. Yeah. But after hearing of, this, I was like, "Yeah, huh?" It totally sounds like Rangers of the New Republic in this um, Cara Dune. This show. Cara Dune show that will never see the light of day are definitely two different things. So I, so now I'm like, have no clue what. I mean, I imagine it'll be about Rangers of the New Republic, well, but it, yeah. it's not what I thought it'd be. Yeah, I think this is where. Where you're going is what I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, I kind of thought maybe 
Ranger of the New Republic was going to be Cara Dune, but since it was so uh, early in production that they could just drop her from it and change the entire show. Like, Mm -hmm. they could have an outline of what all this connected stuff is going to be. And we know they're working on Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I believe Jon Favreau said Dave Filoni was currently writing the Ahsoka show, which makes Rangers of the New Republic probably the last one that we'll see. Um, And then whenever they cross over, that'll obviously be like the last, last thing. But, um, and was there a fourth one? Or was that it? I think that was it. Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Rangers, Ahsoka. Those were the four. Yeah? Yeah, it must be. And Mandalorian. You, yeah, I said yeah. that, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, then they only <laughs> announced... That's hard. It's fine. Yeah, they did only announce two other ones besides Mandalorian. And then the Book of Boba Fett yeah. later. Okay. Yeah. So I could see them saying, this one, we're not even, like, writing it yet. So we can just cut her out and we'll keep the show. We'll just, like, come up with something else. So... I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, make it Carson, uh, Carson Tava and Trevor Wolf. (laughs) um, I thought um, the Aftermath books introduce uh, Temin and Nora Wexley. Uh, You may know Temin from his other name, Snap, as he appears in The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) But in the Aftermath books, he's just like a teenager. Um... And eventually, Nora marries Wedge Antilles, uh, and they appear in the book um, Resistance Reborn. Uh, all, the, all three of them, it's kind of a... Uh, hmm. Not really a sequel to the Aftermath books, but it's kind of a reunion of those characters from the Aftermath books. So I think it'd be cool to have the Wexleys kind of get involved with this. Um after those that trilogy are like some of my favorite Star Wars books. Um and I just think seeing uh <laughs> seeing them would be I think really fun, especially Temin just having this like teenage kid who we know eventually becomes like a resistance guy. And eventually dies and dies <laughs> yeah, Skywalker. I know, so mm-hmm. terrible. Um or like Someone said they could they could do what they did with Cara Dune, how kind of the New Republic shows up and is like, hey, you want to like work with us, but do it with Cobb Vanth on Mos Pelgo and be like, hey, you want to be like a marshal of the New Republic while you help out Mos Pelgo? And I was like, I would be down for more Cobb Vanth <laughs> easily. Yes. Um, and that would even play into what we said. We were like, um, a lot... <laughs> We're like out of a lot of the people in the Mandalorian, Timothy Oliphant is like yeah. one of the more prestigious actors. And I, yeah. by the end of the season, I found it weird that he was literally only in the one episode. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, maybe there was plan for future involvement early on. Like maybe that was mm-hmm. an idea they've had for a while. I yeah, like know. bringing in um, Rosario Dawson for one episode, and mm-hmm. I'm like. Uh, Katie Sackoff as Bo-Katan yeah. for two episodes or three episodes or whatever she ended up being in. Um, and Tamara Morrison. Like, <laughs> it definitely seems like these people they're bringing back um, 
Or even having Ming Na Wen in like one episode of The Mandalorian <laughs> season. Yeah, one. that was another weird one. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. I saw something and it was like Ming Na Wen is now um, has now achieved like the Disney hat trick. She's been a Disney princess uh, in the in the Marvel. Uh, she was in Agents of oh, Shield yeah. and then in Star Wars. Mm. So good not for many her. people can good for say her. they did that. Um. This raises another question is how they're going to deal with Cara Dune in Mandalorian season three. Um, people are saying like they could just write her out. Some people are saying they should kill her off. Um, I don't know if saying they should kill her off. They could. I don't know if should. Um, but writing out the character just so that she never appears again. Um, but since they had kind of this set up for her in season two it would feel weird just kind of dropping that entirely so i i assume we'll get like a line or two that say like oh yeah she's gone (laughs) or something Mm -hmm. um so i was thinking about this after i saw it and something that occurred to me is like in season two we could have never gone to Grief Karga and Cara Dune's planet, and like the story would have been the same, basically. Um, they could just like not meet her again. <laughs> like she could just not show back up, and yeah. we could assume she's out there marshalling for the New Republic, but we don't ever see her again. Mm-hmm. And the the like, like with Grief Karga, like at this point, I don't know how much he gives to the story like i don't know how much um like how useful that character is in furthering where the mandalorian has taken us so like i wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see grief karga again um i mean i think we probably will just because they've kind of buddied up with um carl weathers a little bit letting him direct um but if we don't see cara dune like they could we won't (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we won't be seeing Cara Dune, so if we do see Grief Cargo, we'll have to kind of say, like, oh, Cara's off-world. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll be a throwaway line. There it'll de- be, it won't it'll be, be throwaway, because a- everyone will immediately be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what they're doing. It'll be, you know, there's not much they can do about it. Like, these Well, are- other people have been saying just recast Cara Dune. What do you think about that? I hate recastings, honestly. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like, I feel like the character of Cara Dune is, like, interesting enough and seems to be built up enough that, like, that character could continue. But without, like, Gina Carano, it would be really strange and jarring. Um, And... In... But not any more jarring than like, um, like Rogue One could have cast someone differently as Tarkin, and it probably would have gone over fine because Peter Cushing was dead. Instead, they CGI'd him, which I think also worked well, um, for the most part. But like, they could have gone that route, and I don't think it would have been, at, like, I don't think people would have been like, that's not Peter Cushing, I hate that. <laughs> it would have been like, oh, they recast him, I, I guess it's fine. 
And people want Sebastian Stan recast as Luke. I mean, I'm not of that party, but... Like, I could see them recasting Cara Dune because the character is so important or valuable to the story. I guess. I don't know. I just never really um, liked it. Like, Like, in Marvel they recast Edward Norton for Mark Ruffalo. And like, I totally get that by the way, but I definitely very much enjoyed Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. And they also recast, um, Terrence Howard as, um, war machine. Mm-hmm. And I heard that was because he is a very difficult to work with actor and <laughs> was kind of a jerk to everyone. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they recast that. Well, yeah. And well, the thing with Marvel though, is like, uh, <laughs> They've they've done it. They've had a few recastings, and um, like especially in that War Machine instance, and uh, recently in Marvel, we won't get into Marvel spoilers, but when War Machine <laughs> shows back up in Iron Man Two, he's just like, "I'm here, like get over it." <laughs> yeah, like he says something like that, and like they can joke around about that stuff. I don't know if Marvel or I don't know if Star Wars would be like. You look different. She'd be like, so what? Maybe I do look different or whatever. (laughs) Or like another one that comes to mind is like The Mummy 3, where you had um, a different actress playing the wife and they don't show her face. And then they're like, she's like reading a book that she wrote that's based on like one of the other movies or something. And then a person in the audience is like, whoops, a person in the audience is like, um, why do I not remember this? In in the Mummy Three, yeah, it's been years. A person man. in the audience is like, "Is it true that the character in your book is based on you?" And then they finally reveal her face, and it's a different actress. She's like, "Honestly, I can say it's a completely different person." And it's like really tongue in cheek, like definitely. Yeah, that's kind of genius. They're like, though. "Hey, we're we know we recast, so we're not just going to play it off. Like nothing happened. We're definitely going to like reference it and even kind of make a joke out of it. Yeah. Well, rewatch needed for those three movies, I guess, <laughs> but, um, they're good. They're pretty good. Um, I mean, that's all se- still haven't seen the new one actually. So. Uh, it's unrelated, but, um, <laughs> that's all. That's about it for the Ugnot update. Um, Again, it's definitely not a shock seeing it, uh, like, officially happening. Not shocking. Um, definitely, in my own opinion, probably for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, you would always have, um, like, a group of people that felt like Star Wars was enabling someone who was hurting them in some way. Um, so it's just kind of expected and maybe, um, maybe we'll, will turn out to be, uh, the best possible choice rather than kind of keeping, uh, her around and having to deal with constant kind of, uh, fan outcry, uh, about it. So, uh, that's about it for the, yeah, because we wouldn't want okay. Star Wars fans to outcry against Disney. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think there's a bit of a difference between we yeah. don't like the movie and this actress is saying bad things. Um, anyways, so we're going to skip the carbon freeze for today. 
Um, and we're just going to jump into the Tavana talk. And then we will have a surprise at the end. Uh, but for now, we only have like 10 minutes left on this recording. We're going to stop here and then we're going to jump into the Tavana talk. Uh, and then our mysterious uh, ending. So, uh, see you in just a second. Alrighty, we are back. Um, as you may know, you're listening to this probably on Friday or Saturday, maybe Sunday, maybe afterward, in which case you've missed Valentine's Day. Uh, this is going to be uh, uh, our Tabana Talk is will be our Valentine's Day uh, special. Special, I, yeah, yeah, loves in the year. Is it? <laughs> um, it's currently, we're just gonna discuss some yeah. uh, Star Wars romances throughout uh, the many years. Actually, it turned out I have one from every major project except uh, the Mandalorian. Or Resistance, but I wouldn't say Resistance is a major project. Uh, excluding the books, too. So we have a prequel romance, a Clone Wars romance, a Rebels romance, an original trilogy romance, and a sequel trilogy romance. And we're just going to uh, go through them, talk about them, I guess, why, what we like about their relationship, maybe some tragedy to their relationship. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to jump right in to Anakin and Padme, the big Star Wars romance, I think. Um, obviously, you may have heard this before, we've said, in the room where we record, there's a giant banner mm -hmm. of, uh, it was a promo banner for Attack of the Clones that I managed to get a hold of working at a feeder. Uh, it would just was in the basement since like 2002. So, <laughs> so I got it like 14 years later or something. Uh, but it says a Jedi shall not know anger nor hatred nor love. And it's them looking very... And it's Anakin rocking the paddle on braid. <laughs> yes, with a random red blade. And then Padme looking very closed-eyed. <laughs> um, very but anyways, this is kind of the... I think... When you immediately think of romance in Star Wars, Anakin and Padme is above even Han and Leia, I think. Um, At this point, yeah. Because it's kind of like the whole point of them is that they fall in love. And the whole point of them falling in love is that it's what gives birth to Darth Vader. Um, Han and Leia do fall in love. Um, but I don't think it was as kind of story like necessitated mm -hmm. is that a word necessitated no no it was but... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it so. was not <laughs> as necessary to the story as it was for anakin and padme um also the across the stars theme from john williams is like yeah fire you ever just play so. that and cry in the shower <laughs> no not really no, not have I. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, let's move on. But yeah, Anakin and Padme, their relationship obviously starts awkwardly. Um, and a lot of fans kind of have pointed out how awkward it is that their romance starts when he's like nine and a slave. And she's yeah. like, well, here, she looks a lot older yeah, than she that's is. That's the thing. She is supposed to be like 
15 or 16 so like it's five five or well, six years i think even maybe even younger like yeah 14 perhaps like um i don't remember exactly and like i feel like there's a bit of a misconception there as well because like anakin i mean he's just like nine or ten like he sees like a ah this says that um she's like 14 in uh episode one and then 10 years later she's 24 yeah and then i think i think anakin is nine well doesn't he say he's like i'm nine i think or something like that (laughs) no yeah (laughs) no (laughs) something like that he definitely says i think (laughs) to something it's not in that it's not about his age i I know what you're talking about but i can't i can't exactly recall it yeah didn't he say like Gardola bought us no, when we were no, nine, no, no, I think, no, 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 or something no, no, no. like that. It Anyways, was, he's nine and then was, 19 no, in episode this two. Is, this actually plays in. Their first little interaction, he says, are you an angel? And then she's like, what? And then he's like, an angel. They live on the moons of Aigo, I think. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> he definitely says, I think, again. Then. No, yeah. I know, because I think he does. I think about that line all the time. Why? Me, I don't know, it's just... Just the delivery of it? Yeah. When does Anakin say, don't I think? It's not worth it. I'm (laughs) right. I'm right about this. So, yeah. I mean, the age difference has always been disconcerting to me. But really, 9 and 14, like, I can totally believe that this 9-year-old kid gets a crush on this 14-year-old, very confident, very Mm royal-seeming girl. Yeah. And then, like, there's also this misconception that she... I that she is also into this nine-year-old boy. And that's when people are like, that's kind of weird. And I was like, I don't think Padme is though. Not in, even at the beginning of attack of the clones, when she's like, like, my goodness, you've grown. Yeah, She's like, you'll always be the little boy I knew on Tatooine. That's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, any guy will tell you that's not exactly, (laughs) that's not exactly what you want to (laughs) hear. So I don't think she really falls in love with Anakin until, later on Naboo. Mm-hmm. So like if you think about it, it isn't that weird, but just looking at it, you're like, yeah, that's kinda weird. Well yeah, and like you think about like I agree, I don't think she really falls in love with him until he's kind of protecting her on Naboo and stuff. Um but like over those ten years she's probably thought about Anakin as the kid who kind of risked everything to help them get off Tatooine, saved her planet by blowing up the Trade Federation blockade. Like, he definitely would be, like, admirable to her, if not, like, romantically, at least, Mm -hmm. like, he did a lot for us. Like, I probably wouldn't be here without him if he didn't do what he did, and he was only nine. Like, she definitely would admire him in some way, and then I think eventually that becomes love. Um... Which we know isn't really allowed for um, Jedi. So what's always been interesting to me is how, like, obviously Anakin is in love with Padme and all of the Jedi are just kind of like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I forget the line in Attack of the Clones where... um, 
He's where he's like talking to Obi Wan. He's like, I've thought about her every day since then, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Anakin is not very like sneaky with his obvious infatuation with Padme. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we see a bit of that in the Clone Wars too, when mm-hmm. he's hologramming the the verb, I guess, yeah. <laughs> hologramming Padme, and then Rex is like kind of standing guard, and he's very obviously hiding something. And Obi Wan comes over, and then he's like, "Oh, it's just blah blah blah," makes excuses, and Obi Wan's like, "Tell Padme I said hi" or something. Mm-hmm. So like, he's kind of wise to it. And then even in Revenge of the Sith, after all the tragic bits happen mm-hmm. he's like anakin's the father isn't he was like yeah he's like mm-hmm. i saw right through that mm-hmm. not exactly well yeah um that actually kind of plays into the next one but before we jump into that one i just want to talk about how there's an interesting conversation where anakin and padme are talking and he's like um or she's like aren't jedi not allowed to love and he's like Basically says, like, well, actually, we're encouraged to love, but you're not allowed to have attachments or whatever. Um, which, <laughs> it seems to be him saying, like, well, technically, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you think about it, um, that's kind of the whole flaw of the Jedi, is that the rule probably is, like, you're allowed to love, but, like, you... Like, attachment is what is wrong. Like, if you're afraid to lose somebody, like, that's not right. Like, that's why Anakin turns evil is because he's, like, terrified of losing Padme because he lost his mother and he uh, just has been through so much that he doesn't want to lose Mm -hmm. her. That's why love for him isn't, like, right. Um, But... Probably, like, when the Jedi started, love was, like, I'm not going to say it was, like, acceptable, but, like, to love, but also acknowledge, like, I need to be willing to choose the greater good over them. Yeah. Like, at any given moment, like, no matter what, like, I can't be so attached that it will lead me astray. I think that's kind of the ideal um, and I feel like in the time of the prequels, kind of the idea was like, who love bad? But well, yeah, because like, that's kind of the the yeah, lowest point of the Jedi. As, as more things kind of come out, like we're going to talk about Rebels here in a bit. And we're going to, um, like, for example, even in Dark Disciple with Ventress and Quinlan Voss, like... At sometimes their love is you kind of like see it as like a bit of a bad thing, but then by the end, you like, like it's portrayed as like a good thing, and so it's interesting to see that it's that idea of like love's not bad, and like the Jedi should be encouraged to love. Like it's and it's kind of like when Anakin says he's like Jedi are selfless; they only think about others. Um, and then the Sith are like selfish or something. They just want like their attachments. It's kind of like being selfless enough to like, not like, like, I mean, you basically summed it up. You can love, but like, you have to be able to let go as well. Mm -hmm. And in Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin goes and like kind of confides in Yoda, I feel like that's like, that was the last chance to kind Mm -hmm. of. 
Yeah, and, to, and Yoda's advice around. is terrible. He's like, he's like, you need to move on. He's like, it's not what he says, but basically, he's like, you need to move on. Like, doesn't he say like, miss them, do not mourn them, do not, or something like that? Um, basically, he's like, just saying like, don't get too attached. And mm-hmm. it's like that's not what Anakin needed to hear. <laughs> like, Anakin, it's like someone coming to you with a serious problem and saying, hey. I have this serious problem that I need your help with. And someone's like, ah, just follow the rules. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think Bro, maybe maybe Yoda in hindsight realizes that everything that happened with uh, Vader, mm-hmm. like if he had done that conversation differently, maybe could have been avoided. And even Obi-Wan, I think, realizes mm-hmm. this because it's not until he kind of sees him. Mm hmm at Mustafar has everything kind of come together and he recognizes that he's failed him. Like Mm -hmm. he should have, like he kind of saw what was happening and he wasn't a fool, but he kind of didn't see it because he didn't want to see it. But rather if he had kind of done something about it, you know, things could have been changed. So, um, yeah. Um, but that is a nice uh, lead into Obi-Wan and Satine from the Clone Wars. So we don't really know much about their relationship um, because when they meet again in the Clone Wars, like their relationship happened um, years previous. Uh, I think probably, I think maybe it was like sometime after uh, Master and Apprentice and before Phantom mm-hmm. Menace. Um, so what we know is that there was civil war on Mandalore, right? It was a civil war. They weren't just there for no reason. I think there was a civil war. I did, and Qui Gon and Obi Wan were sent. Um, much it it's it's very similar situation to Phantom Menace, I think, where instead of being sent to Naboo, they're being sent to Mandalore, and Obi Wan and Duchess Satine are around the same age, and they yeah assuming we yeah, she, spend a significant amount of time. Yeah, it's together. like a long-term mission and they are kind of acting as refugees to protect her. And they like, I think they do like a bunch of planet hopping and like just trying to lay low until she can return to Mandalore. Mm. So it was like a very long-term mission. He says like always on the run, never knowing what the next day would bring. Mm-hmm. And Anakin says, it sounds romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um and he goes Anakin. What is what is the most significant about this relationship is Obi-Wan says the line to her like had you given the word I would have left the Jedi order. Which coming from Obi-Wan is like maybe the most important thing that Obi-Wan has ever said in Star Wars. I would maybe go that far because you think of Obi-Wan as like this completely by the books Jedi who follows every w- rule to a T for the most part. He's willing to kind of um, try things different ways and he's not strict like Mace Windu, but he's also yeah. not like and, chaotic like Anakin. And again in Dark Disciple, even on the when he's sitting on the council, he's kind of like the moral compass for the group. Because everyone's like, hey, we should assassinate Dooku. And then he's like, <laughs> I don't care like how terrible he is. That's not what Jedi are about. Yeah. And they kind of like overrule him a bit. Mm. So like 
even though he is like he's like a perfect Jedi, basically. In yeah, fact, kinda. He definitely like, he's follows. Like, he's, he follows in yeah. the steps of Qui Gon, who I think, I think Qui Gon and Kanan are the two that are regarded as like this is what a Jedi should be. Mm. Obi Wan is like very mm. close, but I think he just because of his relationship with Anakin and maybe not being like prepared to train Anakin and kind of allowing Anakin to do certain things that lead him into. Uh, becoming Vader, like falling in love. Like if if Anakin and Obi Wan had had a serious conversation about, like if Anakin had said, "Hey, I'm in love and I'm married," <laughs> like I think Obi Wan may have like had a big. He definitely would have had a problem with that. Like he lets Anakin go and like doesn't ask that much questions of Anakin. Maybe because like similar to how Anakin was kind of a or uh Pad, Anakin and Padme kind of. Like, Anakin was kind of attached to Padme. Maybe Obi-Wan was attached to Anakin a little too much. Um, and you even see Anakin in the Clone Wars. There's an arc where they fake Obi-Wan's death, and Anakin goes psycho mm -hmm. and, like, wants to murder the bounty hunter who is Obi-Wan, just yeah. pretending. Which I, I was talking to a friend a little bit ago, and they're like, they the council knows is very well aware and like kind of hates the fact of how like emotional and anakin is and like how rashly he reacts why on earth would they not tell him about their plan <laughs> about obi-wan like they should not have been side yeah like they sh should have totally expected something mm -hmm. terrible to come out of that which yeah so so i think obi-wan does have flaws um but like you said, he is kind of like of the masters of this era. Really, he's kind of him and Yoda are like the two mm. that are the least. Um, well, even Yoda, like they both have flaws, but they're kind of the two highest in terms of like doing what's right. Um, so for him to say all that for. <laughs> Like, this statement. For him to say that, like, if Satine had said, stay with me, he would have. Like, he would have quit being a Jedi and would have left the Order for her. Like, that means a lot. And I think maybe that's why he allows Anakin to get away with, like, what he... he I don't think Obi-Wan knows that Padme and him are married, but he definitely knows that they kind of are into each other a little too much. Um, and I think maybe Satine is why, like, he gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, so there's not really a lot to say for that relationship. I'm curious if they'll explore that in some way in the Kenobi show, maybe mm -hmm. in, like, flashbacks or something. And or, like, not, in I'm hallucinations or dreams or visions yeah. or something. I don't know. Uh... I see it far more likely that like there's some kind of dialogue or something between mm -hmm. Vader and Obi-Wan about Padme. Cause I really feel like they kind of did her dirty with just dead. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, she and, died in childhood. And from what I hear, there's a lot of kind of like reflection mm -hmm. in the Vader comics about Padme. Like obviously recently. Yeah. Which, um, so yeah, I hope we kind of see some of that. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, the whole Anakin Padme thing, it's very Shakespeare. <laughs> like, it's first very, like, star-crossed lovers and, like, two people shouldn't be together and they mm-hmm. fall in love. And then by the end, it's very Othello because he... <laughs> I never killed... had to read Othello. Othello, basically, he believes that his wife is cheating on him and kills her. <laughs> but she's not? No. Oh. <laughs> so it's very Othello. Spoilers for a several hundred year old play. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for Othello. Not um, my favorite Shakespeare play. But anyways, uh, going into the next one, uh, who we just mentioned, Kanan and Hera. I'm, I don't... Gold, We baby. can't say Goals. a lot. We cannot say a lot about this because there are a lot of things about this relationship mm-hmm. that spoil a lot of big things in Rebels. And since I know for a fact a few people who listen are watching Rebels, and since we've been pitching it so much, like yeah. I feel like we, we don't want to be like watch Rebels. We and can't then, spoil bah! it until we do our uh, our fabled Rebels watch through yeah. series, um, which we will eventually do Yo, sometime. One hundred listeners, and we'll do the <laughs> Rebels watch through. Um, <laughs> Share it with your friends. It'll be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, Kanan and Hera. So. The origin of their relationship really starts in the book uh, A New Dawn, which is kind of the prequel to Rebels. It came out before, I think, the show ever even aired. And it was just kind of a way... It was like the first canon book when they uh, made Legends Legends and then started the new canon book timeline. This was the first one that came out. Um, And so they kind of did it so they could introduce us to these characters. Uh, What is... I don't want to give away a lot about that book because if people read or watch Rebels, they might want to read that book. But basically, Kanan sees Hera and she's like not interested in him that much. But he's like, yo, she's kind of hot. <laughs> I think I think I think uh, he even says like she has an attractive voice or something. <laughs> and so definitely like from the get go. Like, Kanan and Hera is set up to be kind of a romantic relationship. And then, as it goes on, they're kind of, like, the parents of the ghost crew. Mm-hmm. Um, especially to people like... Uh, or especially specifically to Ezra. Um, but even to, like, Satine, even Zeb a little bit. I think you mean Sabine. <laughs> what did I say? You said Satine. <laughs> oh, Sabine, Yeah. <laughs> You can understand the confusion. <laughs> why have two Mandalorians named Satine and Sabine? I don't know. Dave Filoni, why? Anyways. Um, it's like, why ha- have people named Jimmy and Timmy? I don't know. It's just... <laughs> uh, so, Kanan and Hera are... There's, like, several scenes where, like... <laughs> Their relationship is obvious, and then several scenes where it's like they could just be friends, I guess. Yeah. Um, what strikes me the most... Well, I'll say it because, like, I think at one point they did kiss on screen, mm-hmm. but, like, a lot of the time it felt like, are they, a like, a couple? Or, like, do they love each other? They just haven't said it yet? Like, yeah. it was very confusing watching it, because I was like... There's definitely, there's definitely like a connection there, but I can't tell like, are they 
an official couple or is it just like an unspoken yeah. thing between them? And I don't, I don't remember like, I, well, I mean, obviously knowing things about the final season of the show, which is where a lot of the final season is very character driven, mm-hmm. especially for like Kanan and Ezra. Um, so, and Sabine a lot, or well, Sabine a lot in season three, um, but even into season four, um, very character driven. So you get a lot of that. And there's a lot of good Kane and Harris stuff in the final season. I think that might be where the kiss yeah. is in that. But there's a, there's an episode <laughs> where they're going to meet Cham Sindua, who you might remember from Clone Wars as kind of the orange Twi'lek guy who leads the revolution. But Hera is actually his daughter. Her name is Hera Sindula. <laughs> and they're meeting Cham Sindula because he's like, he leads his own rebel cell, basically. And <laughs> Kanan's like acting super nervous around him. And he's like, how's my hair look? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, what do I say? Blah, 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 blah. And Ezra's like, are you okay? <laughs> it's like, it's really funny. So that's another one of those things where it's like, are they like an official thing? Like, do people know that they're a couple or like, are they just kind of like attracted to each other, but not like getting into a relationship or whatever. So they have a really nice relationship and I can't really say anything about the stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> I know because it's, it's very spoilery, but I will. Yeah. After finishing rebels entirely, I kind of looked at it through the lens that like they were a couple the whole time. Mm-hmm. Cause like I never, I just assumed they were, and it wasn't until they confirmed it that I realized that it could have been construed that they weren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, just because I'm a sucker for just cute couples, I suppose, mm-hmm. in, in especially in Star Wars. And yeah, their relationship is just it's probably the most healthy <laughs> out of yeah. any of the ones we'll discuss. Um, very wholesome. It's just ve- very moving mm-hmm. and a lot of... Uh, yeah, oh, man. Rebels does Beautiful. a lot with, like, character relationships. Like, the whole... Like, it seems like every single character, they're... It, like, they're all based off of their relationships with other people. Especially, like, their family. Like, Kanan... Uh, it's not really a spoiler. Kanan is an ex-Jedi who survived Order 66. So his whole character is, like... This whole, like, group of people especially like his master, like he's kind of turned his back on them. And so now he's finding purpose again with this crew. And then Hera, there was some kind of um, difficulty strain in her relationship with like her dad and stuff. Um, Like in those episodes there, I remember there being very clear, like loud arguments between her and her father. Um, And so she's kind of becoming like a part of this new family and Zeb, there's a whole arc with his entire species and how he fits in with them and uh, Sabine and Mandalore and then Ezra who like many heroes in star Wars is an orphan who has no family, but maybe he does. And like his whole, his whole like story is, I need to like find my parents because they might be out there somewhere, but they might not be. And so the whole, like the whole show of rebels is very like relationship centered. 
even if it's not like and um, specifically centered on like the relationships between the characters, but like their relationship with the other outside world, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just love Kane and Hera because it does show, like you said earlier, that him and Qui Gon were kind of like the most actualized, like ideal Jedi, and I think that's why because now that like the Jedi kind of institution has fallen like they kind of have to rebuild from the core of what a jedi is so we can Mm -hmm. see kanan like he has it by the end he has it figured out like he obviously very much loves Hera, but like it's not like the kind of like possessive like fearful Mm -hmm. love that anakin has for padme kind of it's definitely more of a like it's it's a respectful kind of Mm-hmm. Um, acknowledgement of love, not like a "you belong to me." <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, but it's like we belong to each other, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, this recording is about to end, and we have two more, so this will be another little break, uh, and then we'll be back. And we are going to talk about Han and Leia. Um, this one. I mean, I feel like is the least <laughs> I, I don't mean this in like a bad way, but it's the least interesting to me because it's like the traditional one, I guess. It's like mm-hmm. everyone knows it. Um, and I don't think it was as kind of. Uh, like it, it's not that relationship isn't really there in episode four at all. Like, he makes some remarks about her being a princess or whatever. But, like, there's no, like, love between them. And then episode five really sets up their love a lot. Mm-hmm. Just from them being left, like, alone together. But then at the end of <laughs> episode six, he's like, you love Luke, don't you? <laughs> it's like, She's what? like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, what? So it's definitely kind of... Um, of the romances throughout, like, all of these, it, it's the, maybe the least consistently developed, just because it, it wasn't really there, and then it was there, and then it was there some, for some reason at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Like, she saves him from Carbonite, and she's like, someone who loves you. And then by the end of the movie, he's like, you love Luke. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, I don't. I love you. And it's, so it's like, did Han and Leia, like, did he just forget that well, they were in love for well, like a movie and a half? I, I actually think that line is amazing because... Oh, yeah, before, it's a good line because before he goes she's into, like, yes. Yeah, before he goes into... No, I'm saying the earlier one. Before oh. he goes into Carbon Freeze, the last thing she says is, I love you, and he goes, I know. Mm-hmm. And so he's frozen, and then from his perspective he wakes up like there's no sense of passage of time Mm -hmm. from his perspective he immediately wakes up no clue where he is can't see probably Mm -hmm. distortion or loss of other senses and he knows he's being handled by someone with a very gargly weird (laughs) voice and then he's like who the heck is this and then he hears the voice of leia saying someone who loves you Mm -hmm. from his kind of perspective that like the events of empire just happened. Mm-hmm. So like the last thing he heard was, I love you. And now the first thing he's hearing 
well, not the very first thing he's hearing. Um, but yeah, I think that's the first thing he's hearing out of Carbonite basically uh-huh. is I love you again. Yeah. So, um, well, I think also knowing kind of where their relationship goes, mm-hmm. obviously with Ben Solo becoming Kylo Ren and they kind of split. It's definitely like maybe the most realistic of the love stories. Yeah. Um, just because it's like, it's not Anakin and Padme where it's this Shakespearean uh, dramatic romance. But it's not Obi-Wan and Satine where it's like two lovers who decided to not be together because of other duties. And then Kanan and Hera is kind of like this ideal um, romance. Even though there's some kind of aspects. aspects of it that are kind of uh abnormal or not perfect imperfect but um han and lay is kind of like yeah they fall in love they have a kid and Mm -hmm. something bad happens and they like split but then eventually they meet each other again and those emotions aren't uh gone but like I don't think she's called like Leia Solo in the sequel trilogies at all. I don't like I I feel yeah. like they're not. Like, well, I married. don't even. Yeah, I don't know if they got married per se. Um. But um. So their their romance, as well as being like the oldest one, and kind of everyone everyone talks about Han and Leia's romance and the I love you, I know, like all that stuff is very like familiar. Yeah. So it's it's like the least interesting to kind yeah. of and talk even, about because it's like everything's been thought basically. Yeah. And even like the, the old Hollywood rumors of Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, did they, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that was like very much a hot gossip piece at the time, but like, I feel like a lot of people don't even like give thought to that. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like if that, like if, People had found out that Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley had, like, kind of had a secret relationship. People would go nuts, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's kind of what happened um, with them in the, what? 70s, 80s. Yeah, well, I'm thinking 77 to 80, the six years that they mm-hmm. worked on Star Wars together. So probably Well, it would have been 70, 77 to 83. Yeah, so like seven years probably. If it came out in 77, probably. I don't know. But I feel like just in that time, I don't know, like actors were mo- kept more to themselves, mm-hmm. I suppose. So I don't know. The, it, I feel like there's yeah like i don't know i feel like theirs is the most believable on screen like mm-hmm. anakin and padme at sometimes are like eh, you know like mm-hmm. that's kind of cringe i mean like the whole the entirety of attack of the clones yeah. where she's like no we can't be in love and then they're going into the genosis pit and she's like i truly deeply love yeah. you <laughs> it's just it's just like ooh, i get what you're trying to do but like the way that it's yeah, done is just, it seems all of a but sudden. But then, well, what I think of with Han and Leia, what I always think of is like, them are in my very soul. You're, <laughs> no, is when they're in the Falcon, he comes in, they're like working on up bits and pieces. Uh-huh. And then she's like, I happen to like nice men. He's like, I'm a nice man. They're kind of have like this back and forth. Mm-hmm. That seems, that that's convincing. You know, you mm-hmm. can't look at that and tell me there's not 
some sort of chemistry there. Well, so. yeah, and, and when they're on Hoth and, like, they're arguing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's leaving. the thing, too. Yeah. The arguments are very telling as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, yeah, so uh, moving on from them, we're going to get into the last one, which may be the most controversial one. Um, Raylo. Where do you mm. stand on Raylo? I don't know. Because my thoughts have changed dramatically. Um. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I like the sequel trilogy. I really do. (laughs) You know, but. I kind of saw this as. um, I feel like modern Hollywood can't help but to have a boy and a girl fall in love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. So you're saying Hux, so, Huxlow or Kylux should have been a thing. What? <laughs> no, that's you, not. You complain about boys and girls always falling in love. Falling oh. in love. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying like, lovers. I'm just saying that it never seems like it's just. Um, there's never just like a. I, it never seems like there's just a boy and a girl as like a casual friendship and like mm-hmm. they can't even just be enemies you know what i mean yeah. like so the, the way i after i saw it i was kind of like that was cringe <laughs> and then mm-hmm. i well my exact words in the theater i was sitting next to holden i was like they better not kiss they instantly kissed right after that i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> um and i kind of had an experience I was like, it came out of nowhere. And people were like, are you kidding me? It did not come out of nowhere. They've been trying to, like, kill each other for so long. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't necessarily. Um, and honest, I don't know. Maybe the kiss wasn't. I've also heard it said that the kiss wasn't romantic. It was just like, hey, thank you for saving me. I was like, look, I help people out all the time. And I don't smooch them. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. Um <clears throat> I just don't know. Yeah. Like, there, there's definitely, like... Like, in The Last Jedi, with their little dyad moments, there's definitely, like, intimacy there, but I didn't really construe it as romantic, mm-hmm. I guess. And maybe that's just my fault. Maybe I just am mm-hmm. dumb for not perceiving it if it was there, but I just never really thought of it that way, so... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I totally get Ray and Kylo. <laughs> um, I will also say, like, when I saw Rise of Skywalker in theaters, I was also kind of, like, it didn't feel earned for them to fall in love because they never, like, said, like, I love you, join me, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it was always join me, but there was never, like, it didn't seem like any of them ever actually showed like a romantic emotion towards the other. I um, mean, Ray so is, when they Ray kissed, is, Ray's visually disgusted when she sees him without his shirt on. She's like, "Oh my god, can you put something on, please?" <laughs> um, well, I'll get to that in a second. But oh gosh, I, I think a joke. I, I think um, it was jarring because of that. Um. And then going back and rewatching, it's. I don't think they're. My name is Kayla Ren. I'm a mega saint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if their love was a romantic love, but I definitely think they loved each other in some way. Um, and you go back through, and um, 
Like I just read, um, like I reading about kind of the relationship between the two of them. There's kind of these moments where, like, especially in the Last Jedi, that's a very, um, like, watch it again through the eyes of everything that there's like the symbolism in it is definitely inclining you to believe that like, this is a very intimate relationship between Kylo Ren and, um, Ray, like the dyad in the force. Um, I mean, before rise of Skywalker, they couldn't like fight through it. Like she shoots the blaster at him and he flinches, but there's no like blaster hole. And then you watch, Rise of Skywalker and they're sword fighting. Um, so that it's like, it kind of changed a little bit, but like in the last Jedi, it was definitely this bubble where they could talk to each other. And like you see, um, Kylo Ren has no shirt on, which would be a weird choice if it wasn't like, a choice like if there was no like purpose behind it but again and I... you immediately see ray's like embarrassed and flustered it's like if you had a crush and you walked in on your crush like shirtless you'd yeah. be like uh embarrassed and awkward you wouldn't be like that's so <laughs> disgusting <laughs> but you'd be like uh this is weird and like we yeah well um and so i think I I I think again that's just Hollywood can't help but having shirtless guys, you know what I mean? Like if they're going to get ripped for a movie to have the physicality like there's yeah, always but, the shirtless scene, Yeah, but I don't think Ryan I mean? Johnson is that kind of director. Like I think he's much more um I think he's not he's not into kind of um well, I mean, just watch The Last Jedi. Everything that movie does is kind of a uh, play on what a blockbuster movie is. Like, the climax, the climactic battle. Um, there's, it's it, Luke versus Kylo Ren. Like, Luke's not there. So, like, there can't be any violence in that scene. Luke doesn't even fight him off with his lightsaber. He just dodges all his moves. Like, there, it, it takes the blockbuster and kind of, flips everything on its head so i think you have that same thing happening where the hero and the villain maybe aren't romantically involved and because like kylo ren has done such evil things like i don't think there should be romance there but like they're intimately connected and the scene where they like touch hands like is so like charged <laughs> with like yeah that energy like it uh, just watch it again like that scene where they touch hands is definitely more than just mm. something yeah. um that's kind of what i so see. like i i totally like watching through it after having seen the rise of skywalker and after seeing them kiss like i can get that like maybe she lo she loved Ben Solo. She hated Kylo Ren. And like we've talked about how Star Wars has this weird thing where people can have different names and be different people because of it. Like Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker, and uh, Kylo Ren is dead. Not or my Ky yeah, Kylo Ren is yeah. dead. My son is alive. Um, so I think she could 
she loved Ben Solo, and she even says, like, I wanted to take your hand, but I wanted to take Ben Solo's hand, not Kylo Ren's hand. Um, so I think she loved Ben Solo. She definitely hated Kylo Ren. So when she was able to bring Ben Solo back, I think I thought the kiss was maybe justified if, like, it was their last moment together, um, knowing that he was going to die and become one with the Force, and she had just been dead and all that. I, I think it's justified. I don't know if it was, uh, like a lot of things in the sequel trilogy, maybe kind of... Um, done one way and then done a different way and then done another different way. Um, and we like, like that same thing happened with Han and Leia where there was no relationship. Then there was a lot of love. And then there was seemed to be some kind of confusion. in the last one where he still thought she was in love with Luke. Um, but by the end of it, I think, I think Ray and Ben Solo had they had Ben Solo lived. I think them, eventually like falling in love would have made sense to me yeah okay sure i mean <laughs> yeah okay sure. i mean i guess you're the one that's getting married so i guess maybe you know more about these things than i do i don't know well no that's just that's just from me watching it like i i totally was with you like in theaters i was like uh that kiss was very awkward mm -hmm. very weird and i can see the idea of like so are you tell I can me definitely I can definitely see where kind of studio interference, which happens on all. So what you're telling me is like, on hey, Valentine's Day, you and Mackenzie are watching Rise of Skywalker. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like all of these relationships. Um, I think, like we said, Kanan and Hera is maybe my favorite. Um, probably the healthiest as well. You know, just I don't know. I mean, they could really do like if they did a sequel to Master and Apprentice, where it was like that mission of them with that, and then that book could then be like that story of him and Satine. Like that would be so cool. I think. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And also, I think it was referenced that um, uh. That Qui Gon once had maybe a fling with somebody. I think when he's talking to Ray Alavaros, they're talking about like mm -hmm. Qui Gon once had a fling with somebody. And let's not even get started on Ray Alavaros's yeah. philosophy of love. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I, his philosophy is it's not love if I don't <laughs> stick around afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Genius. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's the um. That's it for the Valentine's to Banatalk. Um, so now we're going to get to our new final segment. You may have been um, seeing on our Instagram stories the past two days some random images. Some, yeah, some tantalizing images. Um, from Rebels of the World Between Worlds. What does that mean? I put no caption on them um well that means the new segment world between worlds this is how we're gonna close out our episodes uh from now on maybe and the world between mm -hmm. worlds we're not gonna spoil it, what it is in rebels it's, but it's a place where the rules are thrown out the window basically basically so um we're kind of embracing that because 
it seems like we can't just talk about Star Wars. You know, Land Landon graduated as a film major, so he obviously has a passion for a lot of other movies and shows, as do I, I mean, and a lot of other books as well. And we can't help but referencing it a lot of the time, <laughs> even if like you guys might have no clue of what movie. Like, I don't know how many of you have seen The Mummy, but we talked about it for <laughs> yeah. at least a minute earlier. Yeah. So, so this segment is kind of just a brief segment where we kind of discuss what we've been into lately outside of star wars like Mm -hmm. what books we've been reading um what movies we've been watching what shows we've been watching what music we're listening to Mm -hmm. maybe if like like what's new kind of outside of star wars because we do like other things than star wars believe it or not um and so this might just be a short discussion of it it could just be giving our recommendations of something um maybe as we kind of play this out and we kind of see how it grows and evolves we might like do an actual organized like discussion or ranking of something i don't know um and so yeah this is and it's yeah i mean (laughs) that's basically what it is so it's kind of we're bridging yeah we're it's kind of uh taking us from the world of star wars into the other worlds we're interested in um so um i guess you can start because this is your idea you said it yesterday and then i was immediately like all right we're doing that i'm teasing it yeah okay so um yeah so the one thing that has i mean everyone's been talking about these days is uh wandavision mm-hmm. which is you know another disney plus original show so it's like uh the cousin of the mandalorian <laughs> i suppose um and yeah everyone's been watching that i know you're a bit hesitant to at first but then you watched all five episodes in one sitting or <laughs> yeah. something well yeah i was like <laughs> i was like um i'll probably watch it when it's all out but I don't know if I want to like keep up with it, especially because between Star Wars and Marvel, there's so many shows they're releasing. Mm. And I think Marvel, well, I think, I don't know if they said, but I imagine the Marvel ones would be limited series because like, I don't know how you could keep doing like a WandaVision. And like, if the show ends how, like, I think it is, like, I don't imagine that, yeah they'll be in the same situation for season two yeah i so it's i feel like there'll be more mini series the end kind of like how we um or uh what was the one that was announced for um like uh lando and uh, and the kenobi show how yeah. they said those are limited run so we're just gonna get like one season although Again, like the Lando one, that doesn't really make sense why you'd make it a limited one. But uh, for Obi-Wan, it definitely does kind of more of a mini series to like kind of have one story, basically like an eight hour movie or whatever it ends up being. Um, I That's how I feel about like WandaVision and the other Marvel shows is like it makes more sense to do miniseries especially if they're connected to the movies because like you'd have a show running through let's say like multiple different phases like this was the problem with agents of shield Mm -hmm. um 
they had multiple seasons of that show. And then by the end of season one, they had to completely change what the show would be. Their premise was blown up. Because a movie said, oh yeah, by the way, S.H.I.E.L.D. is dead. And so is Hydra. Hydra Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. is Hydra. So that completely changed how that whole show would go. I think they're probably a lot more planned now than they were back then. So they could do a multi-season show and have it connect. But I think it makes a lot more sense to do miniseries especially with like WandaVision because they said it's connecting directly to uh, Multiverse of Madness. And Mm -hmm. I think even that was then supposed to connect to like Spider-Man 3 or something. Yeah. So it definitely makes sense for Marvel to do limited shows, but they announced like 50 of them. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to want to keep up with all of these things as they're coming out. Yeah. So I was just going to like watch them all at the end when they came out. And then... um, just watch all of it but then you told me what happens at the end of episode five and i was like all right i'm watching it all yeah and to be fair i <laughs> i was under the impression you weren't gonna watch it so i just said it really no i didn't i was care. like yeah he won't care i'll spoil this big thing and then he was like i'm watching it <laughs> i'm like okay i didn't care like i didn't care i was gonna watch it anyways but it was one of those things where i was yeah. like I'll end up hearing about it anyways so. yeah it's definitely something and it got me to watch yeah it. i kind of feel similarly to you where i was like definitely star wars is what i'm more into so like i'll watch them all i think but like i don't want to like invest myself as seriously as i do into star wars i guess but for this show i couldn't get i couldn't help but get sucked into like the theory hole i suppose just i really feel like they put probably their their strong foot forward on this one um and i know a lot of the kind of complaints about marvel these days it's not it's not the majority opinion or anything but that marvel's kind of getting stale existing in the the action comedy genre Mm -hmm. and although this one will have action will have comedy it's like very experimental Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways (laughs) um (laughs) in a whole lot of ways really yeah so um it really just interested me right from the get-go. The episodes are coming out weekly on Friday. One thing I do enjoy is that they, on the launch of the show, they released the first two episodes on mm-hmm. in one day. And that was probably good because if you just watched the first episode, you'd be like, Bro, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of pe- even with the first two episodes, <clears throat> people were still like, "What on earth is this?" Mm-hmm. But I feel I really feel like by episode two, you should have understood what was happening, kind of, mm-hmm. and even by the trailers, you should have understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. So I think if you didn't get the subtext by then, you don't. Uh, maybe you shouldn't just you just <laughs> shouldn't watch the show yeah. at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've been enjoying it. That that was mine as well. Um, I'm one of those people who is kind of like getting not tired of Marvel doing what they're doing, but like, I just wish they would do different stuff. And so then seeing this show really kind of got me hopeful for, um, the rest of what they can do. Um, just because it was so different and it wasn't just like formulaic and like i i could 
I, di- I didn't know what was going to happen next. Like, if I could watch any mm-hmm. of the other movies, I'd be like, all right, well, here comes the this reveal. Here comes the giant fight at the end. Yeah, is gonna happen. which I heard, like, by the end of the show, like, stuff like that will happen. But that's kind of more exciting to me now because they're, like... It's just that because the premise... beginning because the beginning is so different from like the beginning of a Marvel show, and but we know like by the end there will be like a similar climax to like kind of what Marvel is. Like I can't say I'm disappointed because at that point that is what Marvel is. Mm-hmm. Would, um, I'm interested to see now like what the legwork to get to that point is going to be because mm-hmm. like they'll really have to ramp it up in a lot of ways to get yeah to the kind of action they're they're um, describing here. Yeah, but. Uh... I definitely bought um, three box sets (laughs) of Blu-rays from that I think are like UK exclusives. (laughs) Like I don't think they're NordVPN. I don't think I don't think they make them in uh, uh, America, but because they have like the British. I don't know if you know anything about Blu-rays, British and like European Blu-rays. The cover of them has like the ratings on the front in the bottom corners, and they're like red hexagons with like a number inside and stuff those are on them um but i do believe the blu-rays are region free which means they can play on united states players um so i bought phase one phase two and then phase three part one um box sets of the marvel blu-rays because i watched wandavision i was like you know i really should like own all of these because it is kind of like the biggest like movie franchise Mm -hmm. um of modern like time and it's definitely like their model is definitely a historic model where every movie connects well to varying degrees yeah like we wouldn't be seeing kind of like the star wars renaissance we're coming into with the the interconnected mediums mm-hmm. really if not for what marvel yeah. has done so. and, and a lot of things are like uh, like yeah. the godzilla movie the um, monster verse and the uh universal tried to do yeah. the dark universe which fell apart like twice so uh but yeah that's it that's what the world between worlds is going to be like that'll be us talking because we have like uh 10 seconds left <laughs> yeah so thank you for listening to lando's lounge um Go over to our Instagram, follow us, leave comments, uh, or DM us. We don't really post posts that much, but we're very active on the stories. Remember, 100 listeners, Rebels Watch Through. Yeah, we're going to do a Rebels Watch Through sometimes. So Tell your uh, friends. eventually look forward to that. And then um, just let us know what you've been into uh, lately. Uh, what is your other world that you visit so uh yeah thanks for listening and uh we will see you next time thank you for listening to lando's lounge lando's lounge can be found on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts anchor and more if you enjoyed this episode consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on apple podcasts and google podcasts To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. 
The intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band, Closed on Sunday, Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening, and tune in to the next episode.